You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are back at it, the dynamic duo, Colt Molesky, Trey Flynn, yet again bringing you daily Timberwolves content. And today we are going to be breaking down and previewing the Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies are on the road, so the Timberwolves are at home in the Target Center to take on the Grizzlies. And I got to tell you, Trey, I'm terrified of Mike Conley. Ooh, Mike Conley. We are a fan of Mike Conley on this podcast. Um, as you know, listeners could hear from that last crazy-ass podcast we just had. But, uh, yeah, Mike Conley could, could show up in this game. Golden against a, against a Minnesota Timberwolves team who – uh, you know, their backcourt is most likely going to be led by Jared Bayless and now Isaiah Cannon. Yeah, I mean, that's basically the lineup because if you're looking at the injury report uh, from yesterday, Tyus Jones is out, Jeff Teague is out, and Derrick Rose is, is day-to-day and is a big question mark for tonight's game. And so uh, that, that was according to yesterday's injury report. I, I am not seeing one out today, but it looks like all their point guards pretty much are going to be out except for Bayless. Yeah, Bayless is going to be out, but the, I think the 10-day contract for Isaiah Cannon was a good move. Uh, you know, he's a 27-year-old that can come off the bench and get some solid offensive production for Minnesota. Um, I've actually somehow been spending the past 45 minutes watching Cannon highlights to see if he is necessary to keep on this team post a 10-day contract. And the dude can ball. He really can. I mean, I don't know if listeners remember uh, that vividly, but last season from the Phoenix Suns. So actually, yes, no listener remembers this because nobody watches the Phoenix Suns. But <laughs> Isaiah Cannon uh, last season broke his ankle, much like the Gordon Hayward injury, except the Cannon injury happened on the Suns. So obviously, it's not the Celtics, so it wasn't really broadcasted as much. But his ankle turned all the way, just like Gordon Hayward. So he's had like a long recovery um, and kind of started off. Uh, a little edgy at the beginning of the season on Phoenix, and they re- ended up releasing him because they really like Colton's guy, D'Anthony Melton. Um, but yeah. I think Cannon can come off the bench and produce immediately in this game because he's not really a facilitator, so he doesn't really have to get used to this offense as quickly. Um, he's really just a six-foot uh, spark plug um, that can kind of run around picks and get quick shots off, and he's really crafty underneath the basket. Or he has lapses, it's obvious, it's just defense, and he does, isn't that great at seeing the whole floor always, his full court, or his half-court vision isn't always the best. Um, but I really like him as kind of just like a, a breather for Derrick Rose in this game, because I really think we need to rest Rose. We've talked about this. Um, even those two Utah losses, I wasn't furious with those just because Rose was out. Obviously, Jeff Teague and Ty Jones are dealing with something serious. Um, so with Rose out, I would keep him out one more game against uh, a Grizzlies team, Colin, who is two and fifteen in our last seventeen games. They're playing terrible. Yeah, I just the problem is for me is that I don't know if you can go to I don't know if you can go to Towns to expect him to to pull this win out for them because uh, Mark Gasol has played so well against top tier big men that I don't think you can really depend on Towns to be the guy that wins you this game. And so that's what makes me a little concerned about having a really thin backcourt is that you can't depend on your superstar, which I, I know maybe sounds maybe sounds backwards. Maybe you should be able to always depend on your superstar, but Marcus Gasol has played excellent versus 
basically every big man in the, the NBA that you're supposed to be afraid of. Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, uh, Anthony Davis. I mean, he's played well against them all this year. And so Carl Anthony Towns is going to be not out of this game, but he's he's going to be kind of a – He's, he's not going to be the equalizer that you hope for when he usually enters a basketball game. And so that's why the backcourt could be a real problem for the Timberwolves. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and that's kind of like why I started off with just talking about Cannon because in this game, I think they're going to have to try to rely on a lot of their shooters. So ranging from uh, Bayless to uh, Kogi, who has not been shooting well lately. And then essentially, I really think this is going to be an Andrew Wiggins game. So I kind of do agree with you here. Marcus Gasol plays really, really well around the rim um, on the defensive end, obviously on the offensive end as well. But he's so crafty, a lot like Al Horford. To me, Gasol is just a better version of Al Horford, um, which is maybe a hot take to a lot of Boston fans. But I, I think that's pretty obvious to me. I think Al Horford's been surrounded by better talent in Boston and Atlanta. Um, but Gasol is a, a really, really good player, a really good center. I think he's going to uh, Towns is going to struggle a little bit in that in that second half against Gasol because how we've seen he comes out fiery Towns does in the first half against these good centers and they kind of use their IQ to get him in foul trouble or they get him off his game pretty quickly um so I'd like to see Andrew Wiggins take a lot of shots in this game you know which we've seen definitely from Wiggs over the past few games but in the past five games Wiggins is playing well so I expect him to do well in this game um well in terms of shooting a lot so he's averaging 21 points a game in the last five games He's shooting 38% from the field, which is not great, but he's shooting 20 attempts a game. So he can do pretty well, um, pretty good against this Memphis backcourt, who's also injury-prone because Mike Conley's fantastic, but they don't really have anybody else besides Conley there because their second-year player, Dylan Brooks Jr., is out. Um, their, you know, their guy they got from San Antonio this past summer, who they love, Kyle Anderson, is out too. So they're going to have a weak front three. Um, or back three, and then, um, you know, they just essentially have to rely on Gasol, Conley, and their coveted rookie, Jaron Jackson Jr., in this one. Yeah, they have basically the same backcourt problems as uh, as the Timberwolves, except that their starter is healthy, and so uh, th- there's a slight advantage there still, but you're going to have stretches where you could really take advantage of their backcourt, and hopefully a wily veteran like Jared Bayless is able to do just that and take advantage of some spots when Mike Conley is out, because he's, he's so good defensively that I think Bayless is really going to have a tough night. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is going to be tough because it's, you know, it's Mike Conley. Um, he's a guy that the NBA has not given a nod to for an all-star game yet This um, in his career. Uh, I think he's 31 years old, and he's really trying to pull it out this year, too, to get an all-star bid, but he's just not going to get it. And if anybody's been sleeping under a rock, Conley and Gasol essentially want to get traded by deadline. Um, they've went to the GM, they've talked to the front office guys, and the uh, the GM in front office of Memphis maybe decided it's time to move on from Conley and Gasol. So those are two talents that are trying to play really, really well right now to help their trade value, understandably, because they both want to go to a contender. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be tough for Bayless, especially because his his idea of playing a good game is, you know, shooting three or four of 11 from three-point from the three-point arc, and it's not really just defending well against the point guard position. So we're going to have to put a lot of emphasis on Josh Kogi to not take as many shots in this game and really stick to defense against Conley. We're going to get to some talk about Wiggins because I think he's going to be really important in this game, like you mentioned earlier, and we're going to talk about some stats. But first, we're going to get to a break for some sponsors. Trey Flynn, Colt Molesky here, bringing you a preview of the Memphis Grizzlies who are going to be on the road versus the home 
the the target center bound Timberwolves. We've been talking about the backcourts for both these teams, but I, I like what you pointed out earlier. I think it's right right on right on with where I was thinking about this game, which is Andrew Wiggins kind of has to be the guy in this one. Yeah, I'm, I don't see why not. Um, like I said, in the past five games, he's been playing extremely well. But obviously, Carlton Towns has been the, the key to our you know our five and five in the past ten games. Even though five and five isn't great, most of those wins were because of Town. Um, and Wiggins is coming off a huge thirty-five point performance, uh, even in a loss um, against Utah. So that that game hopefully will get him started and in a good groove in this one. And you know we'll see him come out there and shoot a lot of shots, high volume shots. But the most important thing I want to see from Wiggins is aggressiveness. Like I want him to come around picks and drive to the basket. Um, and he's been doing that in the past 10 games. He's averaging around uh, six free throws a game, six free throw attempts a game, and 70.5% from the free throw line, which isn't fantastic. But me and you both know, Colton, like Wiggins is never going to average 90% from the free throw line like Towns has been doing this year, which has been fantastic for him. But if he goes to the line, an aggressive Wiggins is the best Wiggins. Am I wrong there? No, I, I, I like when he's aggressive because that means that he's really attacking the paint, and that's the version of him that you want to see. Uh, also, a couple notes on Wiggins over the last five games. 21.2 points per game is his average 7.6 rebounds and 1.2 steals. So he's been putting up some stats, not just getting points, though. He's been putting up some stats in a couple different areas that have been really good the last five games. And if he can carry that into tonight's game, it'll be really important, especially, especially the rebounds, because Marcus Saul is going to really give Towns trouble on the glass. If if Wiggins can grab some extra rebounds in this game, I think that could make all the difference as well, especially offensive boards. He's been averaging 2.2 offensive rebounds over the last five games. Yeah, and not only that, um, his plus minus when he's on the court uh, in the past five to ten games is the highest. In the past five games, he has a 10.0 plus minus, which is solid, which just essentially mm-hmm. means when he's on the court, the Wolves are holding you know their opponent down from points, and they're scoring a good amount. Um, there's a differential of 10 points there. And then on their on and off court with their numbers, Robert Covington easily has the best on off court numbers on this team. Um, then it's Carl Anthony Towns barely in front of Wiggins. Um, and especially in these past 10 games, Wiggins has been doing very well. Um, and he's actually been surprising a lot of people on the defensive end. Like, I think that he's really been doing a good job of holding wings to under 15 points a game. And uh, and you could probably see that against Memphis tonight as they are really, really hampered with injuries. How I've already pointed how I've already pointed it out. Um, but I would say this, even though the Grizzlies are, uh, what is it, 2-15 and 15 in the last 17 games, which is despicable, terrible, okay? They just beat an Indiana Pacers game two games ago. The Pacers are without Victor Lodipo, obviously, with that terrible injury. So, obviously, that win is kind of an outlier. But in the next game, okay, in the next game, they play the Denver Nuggets, one of the best teams in the league. They only lose the Nuggets by three points. Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol have fantastic games, and they kind of lead this uh, D-League squad of Memphis Grizzlies currently um, in total of around 55, 60 points in a, in a, in a really solid, um, you know, three-point dramatic loss there. So coming to Minnesota, a Timberwolves team that is kind of rocky right now at home, um, you know, they're 16-9 at home, so they're playing well at home this year, but they're still play- they're, they're like a roller coaster in the past 10 games, Colton. So they're playing better than Memphis, but I just get a little nervous going into these games when guys like Mark Gasol and Mike Conley are trying to play really, really well in order to get higher value on the trade block. Well, in Memphis, too, against the Denver Nuggets, that was a 25-point deficit that they led up in the second half of that game. And yeah. so they have a little bit of a, maybe a little bit of a, 
a bad taste in their mouth at coming out of that game and headed into the Timberwolves game that they want to redeem themselves from, which is another thing that uh, worries me a little bit. I never like it when uh, a team with veterans who want to get moved is extra motivated after a bad loss. That's never good. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely not a good sign. Um, the the good thing, I think the thing that Minnesota has in their favor in this one is that the Grizzlies have Joakim Noah coming off the bench, who essentially is a, a walking head case. And even though I love myself some Noah because I love the guys who talk trash to LeBron and nobody does that in the league. And if you don't know about this, you need to YouTube Joakim Noah talking about LeBron and the Cleveland city of Cleveland ASAP. Uh, it is hilarious. So Joakim Noah is a comedian, but maybe not the best basketball player in the world right now. He is playing fairly well off the bench for Memphis, um, you know, in the job they're asking him to do. But, you know, expect high minutes from him. He's essentially their sixth man right now with all their injuries, which is crazy. That's just where Memphis is out at. They're essentially like tanking right now. Um, so that's just somebody to watch out for off the bench, oddly enough. Uh, and Minnesota's obviously had struggles with their big men off the bench and under and trying they're they've been having difficulties trying to figure out how to diversify their minutes between Jang, Sarge, and Tolliver. So I'm expecting uh Sarge to get the bulk of those against uh, against Joakim Noah in this one. Since Sarge has been playing so poorly lately, I hope he does not continue that play against Noah. Another thing in the Timberwolves' favor. The Memphis Grizzlies this season, dead last in the NBA in points per game, 100.6 points per game. And over the last five games, they've been averaging 97.2 points per game. Again, dead last in the NBA in both those spots. So scoring is a real – I know that they play really stellar uh, stellar defense, even if for as bad as a team they are. So that helps them, but they still offensively just cannot generate points. And so that's a, something in the Timberwolves' favor. Over the last five games, they are 11th in the NBA in, in points per game with 113.4. So that's a big differential for them. Yeah, that's a really good stat. Um, that's you know It definitely shows how poorly they've done on offense. But, Colton, they also have a top-10 defense, which is kind of odd, right? They have the lowest pace in the league. They really slow down the ball, full court. They don't They don't let anybody kind of take advantage of them. They don't let anybody try to run up their pace at all. J.B. Bickerstaff, the head coach there, has just been on top of that this whole time. And Chris Wallace, their executive that's kind of built this team, has decided that's what he wanted to build the team around, more of like a methodical, high IQ basketball team, kind of like the old Memphis Grizzlies. That's why they signed Kyle Anderson from the Spurs this past summer. Uh, so as a top-10 defense and probably the worst or second-worst offense in the league this year, um, it's going to be a really uh, odd game. And that's why you saw, like how you just pointed out, with the Denver Nuggets down by you know 20-plus points and then coming back. Um, this is that kind of team that can do that. So it's not like Minnesota, Minnesota essentially doesn't have a night off, and that's what we could tell this year from watching games against like the Suns and Hawks. They do not have a night off, and this is definitely not one of those nights off. Okay, So uh, if I'm Minnesota, I'm going this game even with injuries kind of fired up. It's a home game, the first home game of a three home game stretch. You got you got to pull out this win, um, and it, it's going to be tough. And oddly enough to say, it's going to be tough. It's a bummer to have to play the fourth best defensive rated team and then go and play after playing them twice, play the seventh best defensive uh, team in defensive rating, which is where the Memphis Grizzlies rank. So that's going to be it's going to be a, a grit, grimy, and, and push and shove type of basketball game. We're going to get to pr- some predictions after some sponsors. Trey Fling, Colt Molesky giving you everything you need to know about the Memphis Grizzlies headed into tonight's Timberwolves 
home game. Hey, make sure before you keep listening, make sure if you have a smart speaker in your house, just yell at that thing, play Locked on Wolves, and we will pop up on your smart speaker all over your house. It's convenient. It's a great way to listen to this show, and it's fun to talk to your smart speaker in case you have no friends at home. So there you go. There's plenty of reasons to talk to the smart speaker and play the Locked on Wolves podcast. Predictions, Trey. Who do you think is going to come out with a victory? We've we've given some real selling points to to people to pick the Grizzlies in this one, actually. Yeah, why do I feel like like a Grizzlies <laughs> co-host right now, Colin? This is ridiculous. <laughs> Grizzlies stand for life. Oh my gosh. Um, no, obviously I have Minnesota in this win. I guess I shouldn't say obviously. I mean, the Timberwolves have definitely shown us that they can you know come from a solid win to a to a crazy you know head boggling loss the next game. But I really do think that this is the time for Minnesota to. <laughs> Get a get an easier win here, even with all the positive things I've said about Memphis and Mike and Marcus and Mike Conley playing so well lately. The Memphis Grizzlies are more injury hampered than any team in the league right now, and I think that's kind of like an understated thing right now around the league. And while some of those injuries seem a little bit, you know, you might scratch your head at them. That might be just because that they're tanking. Um, so I think that the Timberwolves pull away with this win. The Grizzlies, you know, they're the 14th seeded. Uh, team in the Western Conference. It would be a pretty sad loss in this one, especially at home. I definitely, like I said earlier, and how you kind of agree here too, Colin, I definitely think Andrew Wiggins is going to have to take a lot of shots in this game. But I think I may have sold myself on Isaiah Cannon. So <laughs> if Isaiah Cannon comes off the bench tonight and scores like six to eight to ten straight points, uh, expect some some uh, fiery tweets from me about Cannon. I might go Team Cannon on this one. Cannon Island. I love, I love that you're already all aboard the new the new guard, uh, and he hasn't played a, a minute in a get basketball game for the Timberwolves. I, I, it's fantastic. I'm a sucker for the underdogs, dude. Like I'm a sucker for the underdogs, and this guy, uh, I've watched like three interviews with him this morning. He actually is a pretty savvy veteran already at 27 years old. Um, he had an interesting college career at Murray State. He's had an up and down career in the NBA. He's gone from seasons of averaging 12 points per game in a few seasons with uh, Philadelphia and then Phoenix to going to average eight points a game in like places like Houston and then Phoenix once again. So I think he just needs somebody to give him a chance in this one in this season. And even though the Minnesota Timberwolves have a bunch of point guards, Jeff Teague, Tyus Jones, they actually are dealing with some serious injuries from what I've heard, especially Tyus Jones. He really had a bad ankle roll there too. Um, so I think with Derrick Rose out tonight, most likely, even though he's day to day right now, I think he'll be out. I think you'll see a lot of high minutes from Bayless, who's been playing extremely well. Um, but I really want to see Isaiah Cannon come off the bench and be kind of like a solid spark plug. Because oddly enough, even though he's a six foot point guard, he's a shooting guard, Colton. Like right off the bat, I could tell that immediately. Like he's a straight up shooting guard. And Minnesota really doesn't really have a guy who can average like 10 points a game off the bench at the shooting guard position uh, that's a solid shooter because they had Crawford last season. They've been kind of missing that this year, and we've been kind of talking about that a lot. So I'd like to see Cannon come off the bench tonight and do something. So maybe maybe I'll just stay on Cannon Island for a little bit. But, yeah, ultimately I got the Timberwolves definitely pulling out the the one in this one. Well, first of all, for me, I know this is going to be an ugly basketball game. I know this is going to be a – a gritty basketball game, 
but I'm actually looking forward to it. I've really enjoyed watching Jaron Jackson and Mike Conley over the last week. I feel like yeah. I've watched a weird amount of Grizzlies basketball over the last week. I, I watched the Celtics Grizzlies to watch Mike Conley versus Kyrie Irving. And then I tuned in for the Hornets Grizzlies to watch Kemba Walker versus Mike Conley. And then I, I bet on the Pacers when they played the Grizzlies. And so I was watching that game. And then I was watching the comeback the other night, Nuggets Grizzlies. So I feel like I've watched a ton of Grizzlies basketball recently. And I've just really enjoyed watching Jaron Jackson, really enjoyed watching him play. And I've always loved Mike Conley. And so I'm excited for this game, weirdly enough. I'm disappointed because I feel like Derrick Rose versus Mike Conley would have been awesome. And I just don't think we're going to get that. I don't think Derrick Rose is going to be healthy enough to play in this one. And if he is, I feel like we're going to get 75% Derrick Rose, not 90 or 100% Derrick Rose. So I think we missed out on a really cool matchup. Uh, but the, other, the thing that makes me worry about this game is I really do believe it's going to come down to Wiggins and when those when that's the case those games are scary that said he's averaging over like we said he's averaging over 20 points per game in the last five I think that he's hot right now I think we're getting FU Wiggins which is the best version of Wiggins to get and I think that he ends up throwing 20 points on on this team at least hopefully he can get to 30 but he's at least going to put up 20 to 28 points in this game on the Grizzlies and it's going to be important because this probably I'm, I'm taking this game as a, a 97 95 win for the Timberwolves but when a low scoring game like that uh, 20 some points is going to be big and so if Wiggins can push into that number I think that the Timberwolves got it I have an interesting question for you because I haven't watched a lot of Grizzlies games. Is Jaron Jackson Jr. like really legit? Because I've watched a lot of highlights. I just haven't watched a lot of full games. I really need to go and make straight up analysis on Jackson Jr. Because there are a lot of like really a lot of analysts around the league that I respect um, that are really high on him. Um, obviously, it's like the most popular thing to say. He's the second best rookie to Luka Doncic out, outside of uh you know, DeAndre Ayton, too, they, a lot of analysts believe that JJJ, Jaron Jackson Jr., is the second-best rookie from the 2018 draft class. Um, and he looks like a really solid player. I know the Washington Post, Ben Golliver, who does a lot of uh, podcasts or Locked on NBA, um, said that he's, like, his favorite player ever. Uh, and, like, like ever in the sense of this draft, like, he loves Jaron Jackson Jr. He, like, went to his house, talked to his family. He's all on board that that Jaron Jackson Jr. He calls him just Jaron, doesn't even call him his full name. So just Jaron is, like, his uh, one of his favorite players right now, and he loves the way he plays. And he thinks he's essentially, like, the future of the league in that position, like, kind of like a point four, point five. Um, so what are your thoughts, Cole, and, like, since you've watched full games? Is this, is this a really legit, um, you know, superstar, a future superstar that we're talking about here in Jaron Jackson Jr.? First of all, that's a that's a full bromance if you're just calling him Jaron, not Jaron Jackson Jr. I still have to call Trey Trey Flint. I can't even call Trey Trey. Like <laughs> to get on that level is it's good stuff. So I no, but I I really like Jaron Jackson as well, and I, I like him because he's he's doing all this stuff that I don't think you see rookies do when you have a, a big forward uh, who kind of can play that s- small ball center. Namely, he's going to play inside, play really gritty inside. He's going to play de- disciplined basketball. He's averaging one and a half blocks per game. I don't think that's just because he's uh, obviously he's an athletic uh, freak, basically. But I don't think it's just because of that. I think because he's putting himself in the right spots and finding the right spots on defense. And he's in a really good system where they're you 
we've talked about how good their defense has been this year. They're going to teach him really sound defensive principles uh, for the NBA level. And I think that he's really running with those. And you see him using that that 6'11 height and uh, that 240 build to maximum effect. And you see him playing really good defensive spots and playing really disciplined defense and then on the offensive side he's averaging 13.5 points per game but he's shooting 51.3 percent from the field he's not taking bad shots he's already found a couple of spots that he likes and he goes to those spots he's not going to play outside of himself offensively and push that game he's just going to get his his uh his double digit points and he's going to do it super efficiently i like the way he's playing right now and i think the way he's playing is actually it's super it's super conducive to a player growing well because there's not going to be a bunch of guys putting uh, putting pressure on him because he's he's having some funky games. He's just playing really solid game to game, and I think that he's probably of all the rookies, he might actually grow just the smoothest just because there's not going to be any hitches in his growth process because I think he really knows what kind of player he already is. Okay, I like this analysis. I like this breakdown of him. And I'm kind of looking at his numbers as you were talking. I was definitely listening, and, I, and I'm and i kind of interested in, in hearing more on this. Maybe I don't, I don't want to take up too much to listen to this podcast. But I it is – I don't know, man. I'm looking at these per 36 numbers because Jackson Jr. is averaging 26 minutes a game right now, and Andrew Wiggins is averaging 36 minutes a game. And I'm looking at these per 36 minutes, right? Jackson Jr. is averaging 18.9 points per game in per 36 minutes. 40% from the field, 34% from three-point line, 71% from the free-throw line. Um, sorry, these are Andrew Wiggins' numbers, 18.9 points per game. Okay, so those are Andrew Wiggins' numbers. We know Andrew Wiggins only shoots 40% from the field. We know he only shoots under 35% from three-point line, and we know he's a bad free-throw shooter at 71% and 18.9 points per game. And Jackson Jr. is averaging 18.8 points per game, 51% from the field, 32.8% from three, 77.9% from the free-throw line on five attempts. 6.5 rebounds, 1.3 steals, 2.1 blocks, with Wiggins getting one block and one steal on his stat line, too, with the per 36. And the funny thing is, with Jaron Jackson Jr. averaging 26 minutes a game in reality right now, and Andrew Wiggins averaging 36 minutes per game, are we just witnessing that Jaron Jackson Jr. is already as good as Andrew Wiggins right now at 19 years old? Is that a possibility? I, I tell you what, I, I'm not sure if I'm willing to say he's just as good as... Uh, actually, he. Uh, this is tough. He. I didn't mean to throw you on the spot being, there. It's tough. He is already playing more consistently than Andrew Wiggins. How's that? Yeah, that's a really good answer. I was gonna say it's probably because they're only playing him 26 minutes a game, so that's why these per 36 can get kind of annoying as a blog boy. But like playing him only 30, 26 minutes a game allows him to kind of make mistakes. Um, and so I definitely agree. He's been playing more consistent. He's definitely had a lot of foul trouble on the defensive end this year. He's averaging four fouls a game, which is terrible um, for a big man too. Uh, but the the stretchy wing that he is, and the stretchy wing that Wiggins are, is too. Obviously, they're you know a few inches in difference there in height, um, but their length is pretty similar. They're they're kind of they're kind of uh, funny players to compare in this situation. So I'm interested to see how the next few years go for both of these guys. But I was interested to hear your take on that, Cole. And thank you for that analysis. That was pretty good. I got to watch some Grizzlies games, man. At least just to just to watch Jaron Jackson. He's a lot of fun to watch. Really good defensive player, and in a lot of the the in a lot of the categories, you're going to throw his numbers. You're going to come up with really solid shooting percentages pretty much across the board. And so he he's confident in where he can get on the basketball court. 
and uh, and he's a really good defensive piece. So I, I like watching him. I'm excited to watch him tonight. And uh, I think that's all we got for you guys. I think that's all we have. Hopefully the Timberwolves can pull out a win. And Wiggins, please, 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 we've put your faith in. Uh, we have put the collective podcast faith in you. Please don't let us down. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening to another Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network.